Hey, this is Dwayne Larson, and welcome to It's a Music Thing, a podcast about, well, you guessed it, music. Each week, I'll try to bring you new stories from artists and other people in the music industry. I want to make this podcast one of your go-to music podcasts. There are a few ways you can help me make this happen. Go subscribe on iTunes, and if you feel so inclined, rate us. Also, tell your friends about It's a Music Thing. Nothing like word-of-mouth advertising. That goes a long, long way. Also, check out and follow our social media pages. It's a Music Thing MB on Instagram. Uh, on Facebook, it's It's a Music Thing. The website is It's a Music Thing.com. Also, if you f- want to, drop me a line at It's a Music Thing mb at gmail.ca if you have a show idea or would like to be interviewed or heck maybe you even know someone that wants to be interviewed all right enough of my droning on and on let's get on with the show It's Dwayne from It's a Music Thing. Thank you for tuning in once again this week. And this is the big one I was talking about. I was very, very excited to get this gentleman on the phone. Um, right off the top, I want to kind of apologize for the loud, quiet, loud, quiet. Um, the way this sounds, it's just the way it was recorded. I did a, a phone interview with Fred Penner. Yep, you heard it right. Fred Penner. And it's. I'm still working through some kinks with my... Um, my phone phoners they're called i guess talking to people on the phone recording on the computer that kind of thing so thank you for once again being patient and yeah i'm very excited about this interview because if you don't know who fred penner is what what are you doing like are you under a rock like come on now fred penner has been playing music for over 40 years he's currently on the cat came back 40th anniversary tour and this tour has 22 dates. Fred is in his mid-70s and still going strong as ever. This interview was, I don't want to say eye-opening, but it was it was a lot of fun to talk to Fred and still hear and see the passion that he puts into every single show that he does. And it's it's kind of inspiring, honestly, like to 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 see where he kind of came from, his story of how he got where he is. And what continues to fuel him doing what he does, which is playing music for not only kids, but for adults, um, you know, parents, grandparents, maybe even some cases, great grandparents if they're around. So we kind of we in this interview, we talk about his his progression and how he kind of grew into how he's doing what he's still doing. And yeah, it was really it was really, really good to talk to Fred. I've been wanting to talk to him for a while. Finally, this, this, the 40th anniversary tour came up. So he had an actual good reason to do press. And if you're not sure when this is hitting Winnipeg, it's at March 8th at the Burton Cummings theater. And he's got a few surprises for you. It says it in the interview. I'm not going to ruin it for you. And it's, there's still a few hundred tickets left. Maybe at, at the time of this uh, podcast, I don't know for sure if there is, or it, it'll sell out for sure, guaranteed. But I just want to thank uh, Mike Lipnowski for cleaning up this audio the best he can. We're going to work through, we're going to troubleshoot. He's a great audio producer, technician, guy in general. Yeah, that's it. 
And so he was a huge help on this and has been a huge help for so much other stuff. Uh, if you're, if you're listening to this, Hey, you're listening to us, but tell your friends, it really helps us a lot. Uh, go to Spotify, iTunes, rate us, comment, anything you can do helps. And I really appreciate it. So I hope everybody enjoys this interview. All right. I guess, uh, first and foremost, who am I talking to today? I believe my name is Fred Penner, but I'm not sure anymore. I'm so busy. <laughs> I, I, I see that you're, you're currently on a, a tour, a 40th anniversary tour. Bingo, absolutely. For for the uh, the album that kicked it all off for you, the cat came back. Back a couple of uh, couple of decades ago, yeah, 19, 1980 was the uh, sort of push for cat came back, and I've never looked back since. No, and you're you're doing twenty two dates on this tour. How how has the road kind of changed from you know forty years ago to now? The, the road the road is the road is the road you know you still have to you still have to get up in the morning and pack your suitcase and make sure you've got your guitar strings and everything's tuned and ready to roll and then you hop on a plane or a, or a train or an automobile and you and you get to the gig and um, I mean the, really the only thing that's changed in that time is the is the technology mm-hmm. and how keeping in touch with my family you know via face. FaceTime and and just uh, just being being able to take care of uh, an interview like this with relative ease. You know, it's it's not it's not just getting a phone call. It's not being concerned about long distance charges, which was more of a, a concern back in back in those earlier days. I mean, forty years ago, you know, you were still paying stupid money for long distance calls. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so the, so the technology has has altered. Um, the, the audiences are uh, are essentially the same. They will always be the same because what I what I am appealing to is is the humanity, is the child, is the parent, is the grandparent, and bringing them along on my musical journey. And they are they are very happy to to be there to to sing with me and just just to share in the thoughts and feelings and stories. And I I like to talk about kind of the the history of the person that I'm interviewing, and so I like to call this the way back machine. So I'd I'd like you to hop in the way back machine with me. And can you remember when you were growing up the first time you heard music where it really like I don't know if it's a song, an album, or even just an instrument where it just really resonated with you. such a, a beautiful eclectic range of sound my parents were into into classical music into opera orchestral pieces plus the swing music from the 40s you know the, the Benny Goodman the Dorsey brothers um, that kind of stuff so I, I remember this wonderful range of sound that was always around me my older brother and sister nine and ten years older than I in the 50s all those great boy bands the, the four lads and the you know the four aces and and just really interesting harmonies, and then the folk scene, of course, in the '60s. So I I I held all those songs really uh, deeply inside of me. I listened to them and and they they found a, a a place for me very very early in my in my life. I um, I had a I had obviously a, a good ear for music, and what I 
what I would do is, is listen to songs and actually figure out the harmonic, uh, the harmony parts. You know, I, I could sing harmony, you know, you know, as soon as I was born, I think. <laughs> and, you know, and, and so those, it, it just got right inside of me. The, the first record that I actually bought, you know, talking about iconic moments, was the uh, Carnegie Hall double album. So I was probably 14, 13, 14 years old of Harry Belafonte at Carnegie Hall. And, uh, and I, I, I listened to that how many hundreds of times. And just the, the energy and the, the, the strength of Harry Belafonte for, you know, for one of the most iconic performers ever, that really got inside of me. The, 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 the music was always finding different places in my in my appreciation and I, I just carried it with me and I still I could probably sing half the album right now <laughs> that's that's I mean what what you said there really resonates with me because um, growing up my dad played piano and he was completely self-taught couldn't read sheet music but he kind of did the same thing where he would listen to the music and then you know he'd, he'd figure out how to play it back on the piano and that's actually yeah how he learned how to play piano. There you go. And... Uh, you, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. No, the, the uh, learning uh, an instrument, I didn't start playing guitar until I was 15, but I was, uh, I, I played a bit of piano. My older sister taught me some basics there. My my sister-in-law, my older brother's wife, was a, was a is a very good musician, and she taught me uh, some, some, uh, some piano and some... Uh, chord organ. We we had a, a keyboard at home that had buttons on the left and a two and a half octave keyboard on the right. So it was like an upright accordion kind of thing. So I learned I learned that technique of playing the chord buttons and notes with my left hand, and um, and I learned these beautiful. She's from Russian background, so I learned these these great old Russian tunes, and um, so I, I was able to interpret the sound to an instrument, to, to the, the keyboard or the accordion. And then, then when, I, when I started playing guitar, the same kind of thing. I now had an instrument that I could maneuver into my musical world. It's, uh, I, I'm, I'm just so honored that I've been able to do this for, you know, for over, over 50 years, certainly. And, and can, you, can you remember the first show that you played and kind of getting over the, the stage fright or the jitters of actually being on stage in front of people? Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I, my first on-stage stuff was, was actually you know, with a choir in, uh, in grade three, grade three and four in my elementary days. I was in lots of choirs then. But that, that was different than, than getting on stage where I'm playing a guitar and I'm trying to sing. And, and that would have happened at Kelvin High School, where I where I went to a school in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. And I'm uh, doing, I, I remember the, one of the first songs that I did, I remember really being quite panic-stricken, was a song called The Golden Vanity. It was about a, it was a sort of a ballad about a ship that sank in the, uh, sank in the ocean, you know, one of those multiverse things. Uh, but I, I, I remember thinking, well, I know, I know how to play this. I know how to sing this. I, I'm just going to get out there and, and 
force myself to do it. And I have, I, I have no idea how it actually went, but it, but I, I remember working through the, through the jitters and getting up on the stage and, and doing that. I did a lot of acting as well, you know, in, in musical comedies. Mm-hmm. You know, the Rodgers and Hammerstein, Gilbert and Sullivan kind of stuff in high school. Those were pretty unnerving things to, uh, you know, to be on stage without an instrument, but just, just acting and singing. Uh, I learned some good skills from that, though. It's, it's, it's important to face your fears, right? Yep, uh, 100%. And, I mean... That kind of, I guess, prepared you for what you eventually got into, which is your TV show, which had a lot of, of musicality and obviously acting with it, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, I, no, that, that's true. Uh, as, as I um, evolved as a performer, mainly in the, in the 70s, uh, I, I was in a theater class for, for four or five years. I was in a number of bands that we toured across the country uh, there's a, an outdoor musical stage in Winnipeg called Rainbow Stage. Yep. Uh, and I did character roles in things like Hello Dolly and Fiddler on the Roof and uh, uh, things like that. And and that just introduced me or, or extended my spectrum of where my musical talents, my performing talents could go. And, and those have all, all uh, con- contributed to my ability on a stage, and, and there is lots of theatrics, there is lots of, of those lessons that you learn when you're on a stage. Um, it, it was important for me in, in that particular decade in the 70s to explore all the different areas because I still didn't know where I was going. I hadn't focused in on, on family entertainment. I was I was doing everything I could possibly um uh, Get my get my my chops into with mm-hmm. that, that, and that uh, and so when when I finally focused on on children's music, family music in uh, in in seventy eight seventy nine, it was uh, oh good I, I have this skill I can draw upon and bring it to the stage. It was a uh, a pretty important decade for me. Once the eighties started rolling, it was uh, you know get a get a. Get a grip and prepare yourself because this is going to be quite a career. It uh, just took off at that point. And your show, I mean, was a lot about, um, even you just watched the intro, it's a lot about exploring and learning new things. And after all these years, what what do you do that still fuels that need to learn and explore and find new things? Oh, boy. Well, I, I'm, I'm always listening to you know, to, to, to musical patterns. I, I, I try to pick up the guitar every, every day, every night. And, and what I'm finding now, I mean, as I move into my golden, my senior years, is I'm, I'm starting to hear different, different patterns. Even at this point, I'm discovering little chord or picking patterns that I, I've not done before. And understanding the instrument and, and relating to the inversions in a little different way, I, I you know I, I I dabble in the jazz world, uh, jazz chords, mm-hmm. some, and that's and that's not something that I generally bring to you know to the family stage, but it's uh, it, it's important for me as a as a constantly growing and developing musician to explore those those other areas. 
And and you said you don't bring it to the the family stage too much, but I know, and I haven't had the uh, I've had the the chance to photograph you. I'm a I'm a photographer, um, but I know you also do kind of, you know, Fred Penner for adults. What's kind of wrapped up in that show, and why the decision to kind of bring that other side out? Uh, well, that that came. What, what I bring bring to those shows is essentially the same music that I would do in, in any family concert and supplemented by tunes that I, that I grew up with back, back in the 70s, back in my folk days. So I'll, I'll do some Gordon Lightfoot and Joni Mitchell and Cat Stevens and, you know, that era, that songs that have stood the test of time. And, uh, and, and the audience often dictates what they would like to hear when I, when I do the, uh, the bar shows. And that whole thing evolved because when Fred Penner's Place ended in 1997, for, you know, after almost a thousand episodes, it made an impact with a lot of people, obviously. Mm -hmm. And as that generation grew up and started moving into their, their, uh, their university and, you know, their secondary education, inevitably, as you, you know, as you reach that time of your life, you do explore and go back to the influences that you had. And so I started receiving email from people, you know, at university saying, we were just talking the other day. Are you the guy who crawled through the log? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, and, and they, you know, they, they gave me some support for what I did then that made a difference in their lives. And, uh, and, and they, they, it was just a bunch of, of kudos, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, the, uh, and, and then the thought came of, well, if there is that audience, if those young Fredheads are now at university, why not go and play the campuses? So I, I talked to my, my agency, Packet Entertainment in uh, Winnipeg, Toronto, and said, because they, they would go to university uh, conferences called the, the COCA, whatever it is, uh, they, they would go to these events where they would present the artists that they have in their roster to play universities, and, and I said, well, "Why don't you just try try throwing out me as a, as an option?" Because it was mostly you know the rock groups at that point, and, uh, and and they said, "Well, sure, we'll give it a try," and and sure enough, the the buyers would come along and say, "Fred Penner in the bar." Well, I'll, I'll find out. So they went back to their to their student body and said, "How would you feel about Fred Penner coming?" And they went crazy. And so uh, we we toured from from Victoria to Halifax, doing the bars across across that circuit across Canada. And can, it was great. And can you remember the first? How did you prepare for that? Because I mean, it, obviously you're you're going to play some of your songs, but like you said, you play other ones. And how did you just get ready for that tour? And how did the first show go? of British Columbia in uh, the Pit Pit Pub it was called and, uh, and there were like 400 people crammed into this little space like right up to the side of the stage and I did that solo and, uh, and they were, were riveted they, they wanted to hear uh, you know, some of the earliest songs that, that they had ever uh, ever experienced things like um, uh, there was an old lady who swallowed a fly, 
you know, I, I mean, that, that's, uh, you learn that song when you're, you know, when you're, when you're five, six years old. They really wanted to go back to the early days. It was, it was like a primal therapy for them. And, and so I, I got out there and I, and I did my, my, my songs and I performed, you know, what, whatever seemed to make sense. And, and they would sort of, I, I mean, I'm very spontaneous when I'm on stage. I have, I, I have a beginning and I have an end. And basically the rule is whatever, you know, the, the middle will take care of itself. Yeah. And, and as long as, as I pay attention to the audience and look at them and, and, and play with them in the course of a show, it inevitably leads to, to this song, to that song. And then I, I throw in, you know, some, uh, again, the, the Joni Mitchell um, Big Yellow Taxi with, with a little bit of environmental stuff there. You know, so we, we just found, uh, found our, our path together, me and the audience. And it was it was great. We uh, we we enjoyed each other. It was uh, it was fun. It was positive, and uh, and and then the other the other universities followed suit. And you and you just kind of are you still doing those shows like now? Because I know you've you've done a few. I've seen it a few times in Winnipeg, and I think even one for uh, Festival de Voyager a few years ago. Yeah, for Festival on occasion. Um, you know the the. Uh, that sort of dipped down now because that generation, that demographic who grew up with me in the, you know, in the eighties, are actually now moving into their careers and having children. Mm-hmm. So now doing doing this national fortieth anniversary of the cat came back. They are the ones who are bringing their kids back to the shows. So we've been selling out shows, you know, uh, uh, Regina, Saskatoon. We added a second show in Saskatoon, and that was sold out. We, we were doing a couple of shows in Vancouver. Uh, the the audiences audience is still there, and mainly because the parents want their kids to have what they had. Yeah, for sure. And do do you do you see that when you look out into the crowd and you see, I mean, grandparents, parents, kids? Do you still see that that same kind of light in people's eyes as soon as you they? They play a song that, especially the the kids, that they recognize that their parents played, and I can just imagine the eyes just kind of pop open. There is beautiful enthusiasm. They uh, they're 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 excited to be with me. They're excited excited to share the music. Uh, when I sign autographs after the performance, that that's a, a definite part of what I do, and uh, and and do pictures together. Uh, there, there's hugs, people with tears in their eyes as they remember those those times of their life. There's stories that come to me uh, from people who had less than positive upbringing, you know, parents or, or, or abusive situations, and, uh, and, and coming to me saying that they felt that I was such a positive influence in their lives and they really wanted to thank me for that. You know, so those stories come forward and it, it really is very um, powerful and and overwhelming to know how deeply people were affected and want to express that to me. I, I can only imagine the book you could write from your perspective about people coming and telling you these stories and tell and just saying how you felt after that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, 
I'm hoping to do that at some point. Oh. If I ever give myself enough enough time to, to sit down and try and put those pieces together. But it, yeah, it is it is overwhelming. It is it is beautiful. It's not anything that I ever anticipated in my lifetime. There, the, the I think when I when I began, you know, doing my my performances in the late seventies, early eighties, uh, it was this this feels good. I had a sister who was born with Down syndrome, and uh, and she passed away in the early seventies. My dad died a year later. That gave me the that awareness of mortality to attempt to 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 follow some kind of a musical path. I, I had a BA in economics, didn't want to be an economist. So what what else is left to me? Music was the only thing that gave me bliss. So I I pursued that, you know, with with all my all my being. But I still didn't know where ultimately it would lead. So all I could do was bring as strong a philosophy of understanding the value, the potential value that it could bring to an audience. And, th and that came from, again, from my sister Susie, because uh, music was such a vital part in her world. So I've been involved with the Down Syndrome Society. I know clearly, and my, my, my mantra almost is never underestimate your ability to make a difference in the life of a child. Mm -hmm. And that and that is the key that keeps me going and uh, and keeps me focused on on the value and connection with the audience. When I was doing a little bit of um, kind of research on you, and there's there's a lot to do, but a, a question popped in my head that I thought I would ask, and I thought it would be kind of fun. Um, with uh, biographical movies with people like uh, about like Freddie Mercury from Queen and Elton John and Ray Charles. Who, who could you or would you like to see play Fred Penner and what kind of notes would you give them about how to, how to get your persona? Oh, we, we, we were joking about that the other day, actually, uh, with, with Tom Hanks playing Fred Rogers. Mm -hmm. Well, he's, he, he's pretty good at doing that. So, yep. so maybe if he could sing, maybe that would happen. Uh, yeah, I, I have no idea who would, who would, uh, who would do that. It's um, the 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 advice. Uh, well, if I could ever give advice to anybody, would be around uh, the essence of how I I present myself to an audience is all about being direct, being honest. Do not condescend. Uh, respect your audience. Respect your the, the children. Uh, ask. Ask the questions of yourself that you would need to have answered that would allow you to, to step onto a stage to be with the most vulnerable segment of society. Uh, do, do your absolute best every single performance to, to, to say something, to share something that is of value to you, to me, that you hope has connection with the audience. Universal topics, talking about things like home is where the heart is. You can do it if you try. You've got to be proud of the people around you. Many of the songs that I do go deep. They're 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 not superficial bits of fluff. You know, they're they're not just quick three chord. You know, laka laka laka, and away we go. Mm -hmm. They do they do go deeper because I believe that children have. 
uh, a much stronger ability to absorb things of of depth than people sometimes give them credit for. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. Even just learning as some something, and it's not menial, but even as you know, something is picking up new languages. I'm 40 years old now and I'm trying to learn a few different languages and it's really hard. But then I see children that are four, five, six years old that just like pick it up like that. It's really incredible. Yeah. Um, I, oh, I was going to say, I just did an interview with a band from Edmonton called Royal Tusk and I was talking to their lead singer and he said he had the chance to meet you at the Junos. I'm not sure which Junos, but a few years ago. And he said he just ran up and hugged you. And he said he immediately was like, I don't know why I did that. I just felt like I wanted to do that. <laughs> I, I was up for that, yeah. And is that something that happens to you quite often? I'm sure it is. Oh, it is, absolutely. Yeah, and, and, and that's, that is very touching. You know, it's, it's so beautiful that somebody feels that that strongly that they, that they need to express that to me I, and I I, uh, I appreciate it I I accept it with uh, you know with with, with 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 honor and with clarity and and understanding I think mm-hmm. yeah, beautiful it's a very beautiful thing uh, well Fred I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to me today I know you're you're a very busy person but you are going to be March 8th you're going to be at the Burton Cummings Theatre yes and from there, I'll put uh, on all the descriptions. I'll put the, the tour. Um, but thank you again for sitting down to talk to me. Oh, my, my pleasure. And my, my children, my four kids, uh, plus a, a wonderful entertainer, Dan Weeb. Uh, he's, he's worked on arrangements for the backup vocals that my kids will be providing. So, uh, so it'll be, uh, it'll be a, bigger, a bigger compliment than uh, what I'm doing in other parts of the country. Um, we'll have a musical trio plus, uh, plus five backup singers. It's going to be a great day, and it's, uh, it's pretty much sold out. I think there's, there's maybe a couple of hundred seats left. That's it. That's amazing. I'm, I'm very excited to see it, and I will hopefully be photographing you again, and so. hopefully I'll, I'll get to, to meet you after the show. Yep, that would be dandy. Thank you very much, Dwayne. Awesome. Thanks, Fred. Take care, man. Bye. You as well. Well, there was my conversation with Fred Penner. I hope you guys really enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed doing it. First and foremost, I want to thank Fred for taking the time out to talk to me. He didn't need to do it, but he did, and I really appreciate it. And it was just, this is probably one of the biggest podcasts I've done to date. And it was great to talk to him about kind of everything. Like, uh, you you heard it. It was kind of not quite history spanning. We would need four or five hours, probably five parter to, to really delve into the history of Fred Penner. But I, I, I just really appreciate, appreciate him and the work that he's done and continues to do. And especially for taking the time out to talk to me and he is celebrating the 40th anniversary of the cat came back and he's going to be in Winnipeg on March 8th at the Burt. This tour extends 22 dates He's a, he's a mid-70s-year-old man and still going strong and still has that passion to do what he loves, which I love it. I, it's so incredible, and just to hear his story, it was amazing. So I want to thank Fred from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much. And I want to thank Mikey Lipanowski again for being my audio technician and teaching me stuff and cleaning up my crappy audio 
and we are working on it. We're figured out, I promise. But we're gonna play some songs from kind of. I, I kind of wanted to do a couple, you know, Fred Penner staples that you hear, you know, it's Fred. You've probably heard it a million times, and it, it's you know, yeah, it's just really good. So. The first one we're going to do, because it is the Cat Came Back 40th Anniversary Tour, is the Cat Came Back. And after that is Sandwiches. And again, if you haven't heard either one of those songs, I don't know where you've been for 40 plus years. Obviously not watching CBC and Fred Penner's Place. You crazy. I don't know what to tell you. And then the third song up is I Hear the Music. I believe this was released two or three years ago off his, I think it was his 13th record like he's put out 13 records this is it, this man has had a long and storied career and history i really hope someone does a really deep dive into fred penner's history and it would be phenomenal to hear like a five-hour podcast on just fred penner if you could get him to sit down with you for that long and just do your history and talk and interview people he knows I can't do that, but I hope someone does it. So here you guys go. Enjoy. Thank you again for supporting me. Oh, yeah. And make sure you like us, rate us on Spotify. Yes, we're on Spotify now, iTunes. It really helps us. Thanks, everybody. Here you go. Now old Mr. Johnson had troubles of his own. He had a yellow cat. Who wouldn't leave his home? He tried and he tried to give the cat away. He gave it to a man going far, far away. But the cat came back the very next day. The cat came back. They thought he was a gunner, but the cat came back. He just couldn't stay away. Give me a meow, go. Now the man around the corner swore he'd kill the cat on sight So he loaded up his shotgun with nails and dynamite He waited and he waited for the cat to come around Ninety-seven pieces of the man is all that they found But you know, the cat came back the very next day The cat came back They thought he was a goner, but the cat came back. He just couldn't stay away. Give me a meow, go. So he gave it to a man going up in a balloon. He told him for to take it to the man in the moon. The balloon came down about 90 miles away. Where the man is now, well, I dare not say. But you know, the cat came back the very next day. The cat came back. They thought he was a goner, but the cat came back. He just couldn't stay away. Give me a meow, go. So he gave it to a man going way out west. He told him for to take it to the one he loved the best. First the train hit the track, then it jumped a rail. Not a soul was left behind to tell the gruesome tale. But you know what? The cat came back the very next day. The cat came back. They thought he was a goner, but the cat came back. He just couldn't stay away. Give me a meow, go. Now the cat was the possessor of a family of his own With seven little kittens till there came a cyclone It tore the houses all apart and tossed the cat around The air was filled with kittens 
but not one was ever She said she'd marry me. Sandwiches are beautiful, sandwiches are fine. I like sandwiches, I eat them all the time. I eat them for my supper and I eat them for my lunch. If I had a hundred sandwiches, I'd eat them all at once. Well, a sandwich may be egg or cheese or even peanut butter, but they all taste so good to me, it really doesn't matter. Jam or ham or cucumber, any kind will do. I like sandwiches, how about you? Sandwiches are beautiful, sandwiches are fine. I like sandwiches, I eat them all the time. I eat them for my supper and I eat them for my lunch. If I had a hundred sandwiches, I'd eat them all at once. Sandwiches are beautiful, sandwiches are fine. I like sandwiches, I eat them all the time. I eat them for my supper and I eat them for my lunch. If I had a hundred sandwiches, I'd eat them all at once. If I had a hundred sandwiches, I'd eat them all at once. If I had a hundred sandwiches, I'd eat them all at once. I hear the music every minute of the day. I can hear it all around me. 
I hear the music every minute of the day. I can hear it all around me. I hear the music every minute of the day. I can hear it all around me. I hear the music every minute of the day. I can hear it all around me. Clickety clack as the train goes by. Sound of a jet plane in the sky. A couple of dogs barking down the street saying, Hi, how are you? When we meet, a little bird sitting on my windowsill, singing a song, what a trill. A baby and her brother laughing in the house, cats in the corner quiet as a mouse. Oh, I hear the music every minute of the day. I can hear it all around me. I hear the music every minute of the day. I can hear it all around me. To the corner or standing still My eyes and ears never get their fill Maybe hot and sunny or gentle rain It's tap, tap, tapping on my window pane Because the world is turning I can feel the beat From the tips of my fingers To the soles of my feet I love life and everything I do It's all about the rhythm and the songs for you I hear the music Every minute of the day I can hear it all around me I hear the music Every minute of the day I can hear it all around me When the sun goes down The night gets cool Sound is like a ripple in a swimming pool it's a good vibration, you know it's there Dancing right beside you as it fills the air No matter who you are, no matter where you go Music is a part of your heart and soul So come on people, here's the thing You're bound to feel better every time you sing Oh, I hear the music every minute of the day I can hear it all around Every minute of the day I can hear it all around me I hear the music Every minute of the day I can hear it all around me I hear the music 